0: Be nice. Go on. Suck his cock.
1: I got to go. That Traffic's running cock. into the city.
0: <laughs> Before it fucks up. From the smallest room in New York City, comes a show that gives you a reason to live. In violent Brooklyn, around 11 p.m., one of New York's finest. Caught in a Barney Fife-like snafu. Police were called to an apartment in East Flatbush. When officers arrived to investigate, a woman opened the door. The men were greeted by a charging pit bull. Chuya was not in the mood uh, and was not happy to see the popo. Officer Philip Longo, desperate to prevent the wild dog from biting off and eating his genitals, fired his gun at the demonic animal. Well, uh, the bullet ricocheted, striking his partner in the foot. And the dog is fine. You know, uh, uh, pit bulls are actually a highly intelligent breed. Uh, joining me now, Hank Gallo, of uh, many years at the New York City, uh, New York Daily News and the Post, a reporter and uh, and and uh, just a, just a New York City citizen
1: extraordinaire. Hey, Hank, how are you? Hey, Pat, nice used to be here. You are you a dog owner? No, I'm not a dog owner, nor no. would I ever have one. No, uh, and uh, I do enjoy them. Yeah, they're nice dogs. Yes. Uh well, uh, this this dog, uh, I
0: think you know, they're they they are smart, the pit bulls. I have a theory. I smart think they're smart enough to eat every child they come into contact with. Well, that's right. You know, they know who's armed and who's not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think this dog is actually the one who called the cops for the fake assault reports so that they get a see so get an attack when I'm, they got there.
1: Chances are they got the dog out of a uh shelter. Mm-hmm. And when you leave a shelter, I don't think you want to end up in East Blackbush. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> You had other stuff in mind. Yeah, like, let's go back to the shelter. Right. <laughs> it's safer there. Yeah. Well, uh, the dog was obviously startled by the sound of the
0: gun, and, uh, you know, like... Uh, you know, when a pit bull attacks, you know, like like we were talking about, a three-year-old, they don't carry guns, you know, and that's what they're used to. Uh, his partner happened to also be his superior, by the way, this cop, Sergeant Jun May Zhang. And uh, he was, like I said, a sergeant. Oh, boy. Hashtag NYPD toes matter. Uh, Zhang <laughs> was uh, treated for the gunshot wound and released, and no indictments are expected. Now, the owner of the dog says, yeah, the dog is a friendly dog. She's just a puppy. It's a pit bull, but she is just a puppy. She's not
1: even two years old yet. Probably not even eating solid food yet. Not even eating solid babies yet. (laughs) I mean, a a two-year-old pit bull can do a lot of damage. Oh, yeah. Hell, a a puppy pit bull can do a lot of damage.
0: Yeah, yeah. Straight out of the uh, old uh, womb there. The old bitch's womb. You know, a two-year-old dog could probably eat a couch. They eat the whole damn thing yes uh, how many how old does it have to be before it's before it's uh you know not okay for it to charge and snarl at people that's that's a good question right like before they before you're like okay the dog should know better
1: yeah 16 17
0: <laughs> well uh, maybe
1: this woman never had any visitors and the dog was just Surprised.
0: Yeah, you know, it's probably unusual for the cops to show up. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure the dog was startled. Well, maybe it's not unusual at all. <laughs> Who knows? I'm uh, not familiar with the family. Familiar with the breed a little bit. Uh, you can do your own research on pit bulls. There's all kinds of information out there. You know, I was Most looking Most of it complimentary. Uh, oh, yeah. Really, they've got, they've got a good image on the whole of the pit bulls. I have a story here from several months ago. And uh, this came to hand, like I mentioned to you earlier. I just, I was reading, I was doing this story about the writing about this, and then this was stuffed into my drawer. I'm just gonna read some of this. Uh, An English bulldog named Leo was being loyal, just being loyal, when he bit a Brooklyn man who was choking his female owner. the guy was choking the woman. that That's what the lead gives you to understand. Uh, dogs are universally recognized as a man's, uh, and in this case, a woman's, best friend, wrote Brooklyn Supreme Court Justice Sylvia Ash in her decision to toss out the man's personal injury lawsuit. Dogs are known to be very protective of their owners and often come to their defense when they believe that their owners are about to be or are threatened by others, Ash said. In the case... Uh, what happened is it pitted a Lawrence uh, Ciliota, he's 72, against Diker Heights neighbor, Nicole Renieri. Uh She's the one who owns the dog, 42. Now, uh, she and her pooch, it says, pooch. That's a, it's, a po- it's a cute woo! thing. Where they were on the sidewalk in front of the guy's house, and uh, when he screamed at her, it says screamed is the word, to get her a fucking dog off his property. Uh, rightfully so, you know, who wants a big steaming pile of, uh, dog shit in your yard? Well, who's to say then
1: the lady wasn't going to pick it up?
0: Who knows? We don't know. Uh, sprayed her, uh, with his garden hose, he said. You know, get the fuck out of the yard. But still, is, you know, he's still, you know, even if she isn't going to pick it up, if it's in his property, but he has a right to throw her out of the yard. She says, I walked away, but I'm not the kind of person that could just leave it. That's what she told the Post. She said, I picked up poop, and I came back. He turned around, and I hit him uh, with it in his chest. Poop in the... So she did pick up the poop. (laughs) Ciliata then put his hands around Ranieri's throat, and Leo leapt into action. I think a loyal man's best friend that he is, sinking his teeth into the man's arm. He was just protecting me, Ranieri said. Leo never bit anyone but this man. Uh, The man ran into the house screaming, the dog bit me, the dog bit me. Well, in court papers, uh, you know, she admitted that, uh, you know, he may have, uh, oh no, the the, uh, guy, he admitted that he may have gotten her wet when he was watering his grass, and he said he did touch her, but he didn't remember choking her, and he declined to comment Tuesday. Ranieri said his claims of permanent injury to his arm are bogus, Because he bikes past her house and throws poop onto her door.
1: Okay, you know the only living entity in this story who behaved the way they should have Mm. is the dog. (laughs) That's true. The dog shits on a sidewalk, and if you attack a dog's owner, they're going to go after you. I uh, I agree. That's I, exactly. I applaud the dog. That, I think these neighbors should each be shot in the head. They need to be put down. Well, I think that that's uh, out of the question, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but
0: hey, you know, uh, in violent Brooklyn, who knows? There's there all are sorts so of,
1: many rules in this city. There
0: are guns bouncing around and bullets uh, flying. Uh, well, there's been an overhaul in police training. The NYPD is using a scene from the movie Roadhouse. As part of a mandatory retraining program for 22,000 officers. Uh, I've never seen Roadhouse. Uh, now, have you seen the movie
1: Roadhouse? It was um, remarkably horrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, that's what they say when, it's a, when a, they call
1: it a cult classic. <laughs> yes. Patrick Swayze, if I remember correctly. Yes. I think I might have even had to write a story about this movie. Oh, wow. Perhaps
0: a review. Well, and who would have thought that, uh, let's see, from uh, it's 25 years later now, that it would be, um, well, 89, yeah, 25 years later, that this would be uh, used to train police officers. It's... uh, this, what happened is the, the New York Post covered a story about, they had a story about the cops being trained, uh, retrained, and they're falling asleep during these lectures because they're so boring. So they said, ah, well, fuck it, we'll let them watch Roadhouse. Now, I've never seen Roadhouse, but in the training sequence, Patrick Swayze is training a group of cadets, I guess. What would you, is that
1: what you'd call them? They were bouncers. Bouncer
0: cadets? And I yeah. uh, uh, gather it's some sort of a bouncer academy. Uh, How to bounce unruly customers. So he explains the three rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. Come on. If somebody gets in your face and calls you a cocksucker, I want you to be nice. Okay. be nice go on suck his cock ask him to walk you suck that man's cock it's a lurid uh scene for a training film you know i mean they, what, what's the lesson that the cops are supposed to take away there just chill out don't overreact uh since uh
1: calm down yeah just be nice take it outside get outside and be nice and expect the unexpected look you don't know what's gonna happen
0: don't underestimate them they could do all kinds of, he might have a bigger cock than you think he's got who knows this way he says uh, then uh, as he's teaching his, um, you know bouncers I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice I just that's when he comes and you can stop being nice.
1: I I gotta tell you, he he was very very smart in this movie. Yeah, the <laughs> smarter side of Swayze. Yeah, this was. Uh, I I think it actually should be shown in philosophy classes.
0: Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's a certain there's kind something of something zen about there's it. There's a certain yeah or yeah even a Christianity in there someplace. You know, do unto others. So, NYPD, take note. Uh, Keep being nice until Patrick Swayze tells you otherwise. Earlier this week, uh, you know, we had the report about them. See, that's the problem. They got all bored and sleepy, these police officers. In Brooklyn Supreme Court, a dad on trial. You
1: know what would keep them awake? What's that? If they fall asleep, don't pay them. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Brooklyn Supreme Court, a dad on trial for molesting his son sensibly has decided to represent himself in court because when you're accused of molesting a child nothing puts you in a better light than grilling that child on the stand you know, that's what members of the jury, they'll, they'll have sympathy for you when they see how uncomfortable you're willing to make the victim. There you go. You know, it's, it's one thing for 12 people to speculate on what kind of father you are. It helps if you make a public spectacle of your cruelty in an already intimidating setting for the child.
1: This is right up there with he wants to get caught. <laughs> they'll
0: know. He must really be innocent. Why else would he be willing to humiliate his own son this way? And on top of that... You know, it's also good if you have no idea what you're doing. He doesn't have any legal experience. Uh, You know, it's often been said a man who represents himself in court has Uncle Kirby for a client. (laughs) A story we covered uh, about a year ago. Uncle Kirby represented himself in court and uh, did a similar thing. In the cross-examination, as the dad cross-examined NYPD detective, uh, Reiner uh, Farenbach, now he was talking to the detective, the the, the detective had to stifle a smile, it said, as the father bungled basic questions. How did you enter my apartment, the the father demanded dramatically. Your mother let us in. (laughs) Well, the kid, now 14, he says it's been happening since he was eight. So the guy, acting as his own attorney a 37 year old accused molester cross-examined his own son on the stand and as he questioned the young man he referred to himself in the third person in 2010 did your father get you a birthday present The son's like yes dad hey don't add anything just yes or no don't call me dad i'm my attorney i'm not me okay i'm i might well what about in 2009 did your father get you a birthday present no Well, isn't it true that in 2009, your father got you a leather jacket and red and black Reeboks? That was in 2010, said the son. Do you love your father? (laughs) (laughs) This
1: line of questioning makes
0: a lot of sense, doesn't it?
1: Oh, um... Look, I I, I think that this should be taught in law schools.
0: You gotta just take it completely off the the whole molesting. Just just distract him sure. Sure, okay, look... Uh, they accuse me of the ball licking and everything, but...
1: However, look at this bright, shiny object. Look at his shoes. Well, finally... Aren't there rules that you can't try somebody if they're mentally unstable? You know, like crazy? Well, I think
0: they uh, they make you uh, come to that determination on your own. You know, they, <laughs> they don't just observe you and go, Man, this guy is really fucking up.
1: Well... He is. Oh, yeah. He's fucking up all right. But yet they allow him to continue as his own attorney. Well, I I think so long as uh, you're obeying the rules a little bit, you know. um, I can see why the prosecution isn't jumping in and saying, we object. He needs a better attorney. They Mm. want this guy in prison. Yeah. But you would think the judge...
0: It says the father finally asked his son the toughest question of all. In 2008, were you molested by your father? This is a guy, he's the defendant and he's the father and the attorney all at once
1: asking, uh, you know. Man, he should do time just for speaking about himself in the third person. I
0: don't remember the exact dates, the son said. I I just remember what happened.
1: Come on, it was
0: Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) It was your birthday. Uh, he, uh, he asked him, uh, a lot of questions, a lot of weird questions, you know, I says, uh, yeah, he, so he asked him if he was, uh, afraid, uh, of him, uh, are you afraid of, are you afraid of me? He's, are you afraid of your dad? See, his dad, uh, you know, he, he was acting as his own lawyer. As I said, he demanded to know whether the boy fears him. And that's when the and the kid uh, said he didn't feel well. He felt slightly nauseous. He was excused for the rest of the day.
1: I don't blame him. So
0: the dad's attorney was like, oh, "I'll take that as a yes." <laughs> <laughs> you mean the dad
1: as the attorney? Yes,
0: that's right. the The dad's attorney being the dad. Yes, that's you know. You, you, he says you never told your mother about the touches because you were afraid of your father. All of a sudden, you're not afraid of your father. Well, you better be afraid, because your dad is one mean son of a bitch. And I'm going to touch you tonight. <laughs> what about your father's lawyer? You afraid of him? <laughs> what do you think What do you think your father's lawyer's dick tastes like? <laughs> Object! To what? Yeah. A kid responded uh, to all this. He said it was embarrassment, not fear, that caused him not to report it. Well, the father faces dozens of sex abuse and witness tampering charges for allegedly abusing his son during visits. The boy lives with the mother upstate. And the teen said the father once admitted to him, I could get into a lot of trouble for this. <laughs> well, that really sets the mood. I say let's it? test that theory. I'd say he was lighting a candle when he said that. Yeah. He said his father hit him, adding that he had a temper. Well, in 2012, the boy finally confessed to his mom what was going on. Parents were never married, by the way. See, that's the problem in society, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's...
1: <laughs>
0: Those are the kind of people that don't get married. He asked his kid. He said, uh, no, okay, now." By the way, there, we would name the guy, you know, but he's his name is being withheld to protect the boy, you know. Thank God. Yeah.
1: I mean. Uh, There's no need for that kid uh, to go into school with everybody knowing. Right.
0: Yeah. Or Yeah. And of course, and it says uh, that he faced a, a more hostile witness later, the boy's mother. And, and here's his line of questioning for the mother. Did you and I have an argument in, two, in 2000 because you threw my clothes out into the backyard? He asked the woman who lives upstate with the teen. Did you molest your son? She shot back. <laughs> Touche.
1: I've got to say, uh, it's a valid argument. Uh, that's, uh, I guess
0: that's probably the way she could answer every question. The dad also, bizarrely, tried to ask his ex how she felt about him. He says, uh, judging by your demeanor, do you have extreme hostility for me? And, the the Supreme Court judge, who was at this point exasperated, that's Judge Deneen Riviezo, interjected, you don't have to answer that. The mom said, can I answer that? About the hostility. Well, uh, the, the, the judge, uh, Judge Riviezo says, uh, I think it's better that you don't. <laughs> At which point, the jury erupted into appreciative laughter. Now, those people are all potential crime report fans. Yes,
1: I, I think so.
0: They can see the humor in a situation like that, and the judge by and the the preferred humor of uh, judges is always understatement. You know, that's what they find funny. It's what that's their wheelhouse. It's I think it suits the judge's way of communicating. You know, because they're always so measured and diplomatic. And this is like, uh, you know, it's characteristic for them to put things in an understated way. And they're very good at it. So that's so that's his understated. Th- I think it's better that you didn't. Well, uh, this is a really interesting. It's
1: unfortunate that she didn't answer that.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. for us, I'm sure that she does feel a lot of hostility towards him. Ooh, Maybe it's is- some sort of. A legal I, feel hostile- I,
1: I feel hostile towards him and I've never met him. You know. I try to... Uh, yeah, he, for all we know, this guy's innocent. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, Pat. It's
0: impossible, isn't it? Well, the guy... Sure sounds guilty. Uh, he, he made a statement and, at the time of his arrest. Uh, a handwritten statement. And I suppose this would go against that argument. Here's the statement, part, in part. Today, I have, I have to sadly report that my actions towards my son... Uh, we're not fatherly and wrong and by not fatherly I mean abusive disgusting criminal unnatural incestuous and
1: disturbing It's added by me
0: and then but well, he I did,
1: think that you have a grasp of the <laughs> uh, subtext here
0: he I, did, yeah it seems like you know if it wasn't written it should be
1: no I, I think that that's a, that is what uh, would the the parathetical phrase would be
0: he says uh, I admit I was teaching him sexual things. Sexual, th- like be nice. Yeah. <laughs> someone gets in your face and asks you questions about your birthday, I want you to be nice. I don't know. I don't know. what's he? How meaning? do
1: I know when not to be nice? I'll tell you. <laughs> you know,
0: he says, uh, "Yeah, I was teaching him. Te- uh, is that what it's teaching him? Sexual things? I wish my dad had taught me what a blowjob was. Teach your son sexual things, like wear a condom, not how to suck a dick." <laughs> someday you might have a son, son so Someday Someday you might have an attorney <laughs> Someday you might have to be your own lawyer, son So, uh then he, So he continues So please, Mr. or Mrs. District Attorney That's how he starts that sentence To the District Attorney Please, Mr. or Mrs. District Attorney I don't know if you're a man You may be a woman Maybe, Maybe you're a child Ideally, you'd be a child he says, um, ask for my punishment, he actually suggests a punishment. He so he volunteers. He says, number one, I will not call my son. Number two, I will stay away from my son. Number three, I will gladly accept all help you are willing and able to give me."
1: Really, he's going to accept help. He's not going to accept punishment. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the. But away he from will his son. accept help. I love the that. How big of him! You know something. I think he's okay. Yeah. Hey, you know, I mean I don't know
0: if he's going to win Father of the Year, but who out there is Well, you know? I think it could be a <laughs> close race. He says uh I, I to me like that's how the the thing he's willing to throw away immediately his relationship with his son. Yes. I
1: fuck it. If I can Well, can't now su- the kid was getting too old. If he wasn't I, as much fun <laughs> if anymore. I can't suck this kid's dick. You can have him. I'll stay away from him. I promise. There's
0: tons of kids. Well, I wish I did know that guy's name. It would be the new synonym for child molester. Well, I'm
1: sure at his next residence, they will know his name. Mm
0: -hmm. As Black Hitler Month continues. Uh, We have graffiti from the Forgotten Borough. Anti-government graffiti was discovered in Shaolin. The words, End the Fed, painted on the wall of a Chase Bank. And then similar messages were scrawled onto three other banks. A children's clothing store then got tagged, and the Something Sweet Ice Cream Parlor in New Dorp. You ever been to New Dorp? No. <laughs> A neighborhood in New York City? Well,
1: perhaps I have. I just wouldn't remember. Right, it was Staten Island. You've been to Staten Island, of course. Twice. <laughs> How long have you lived in the city? Uh, 59 years. <laughs> Now, I've driven through Staten Island on my way to Atlantic City to gamble, Uh -uh. (laughs) but I've only stopped in uh, Staten Island twice. It's not really a destination,
0: necessarily. Not for me yet. Also defaced were two American flag murals painted by artist uh, Scott Lobedo with graffiti reading, Fuck Scott Lobedo. (laughs) Wow. Well, that's that's just... See, that's a critique. That's not uh, anti-government. That's just... uh, This guy's got opinions about art. This is uh, DNAinfo.com. They report that... Perhaps it's an appreciation. Hey, you know, I mean, it it, it could be taken that way. These are American flag murals. Freedom of speech. Fuck Scott Lobato. This isn't about the artist. It's about a bigger message. Uh, But DNAinfo does report that anti-Semitic messages this week were painted on the murals. No examples are given... I always like to say I'll be the judge of that. You know <laughs> how anti-Semitic was this, uh, but no examples are given aside from the flags. The words uh, "World War III is coming." Uh, here's the here's the uh, what was written on uh, it says "World War III is coming." Zionist homeschool your children. That was on the wall of a beach bum tanning. Oh, wow. <laughs> that doesn't seem anti-Semitic to me. That seems pro, uh, pro, pro-Jewish, pro pro pro-Israel even. Zionist homeschool your children? I guess a Zionist is a, not always a flattering term. A $1,750 uh, reward has been raised. So if anybody knows anything, 1-800-577-TIPS. In Queens, a heartbroken graffiti vandal tagged everything in his girlfriend's neighborhood nearly 20 times. He wanted her to be constantly reminded of what an asshole he is. Muhammad Rasool, or as he's marginally better known, Sonic, drunkenly lit up homes, businesses, and telephone poles in the girls' Richmond Hill neighborhood. Uh, he just uh, went and nice, they had a drunken argument and he started uh, spray painting things. He said, I'm sorry for what I've done. I was really drunk and uh, mad at my girlfriend when I did that graffiti.
1: So he took it out on 20 homeowners. Yes, <laughs> and business owners and
0: Yeah, Yeah. sort of the city property uh, telephone poles and whatnot. He's um, being held uh, for like uh, three grand bail, I think. The 106th Precinct celebrated the collar on social media, tweeting Friday. Uh, Hashtag Sonic was just not quite fast enough. (laughs) That's the speedy video game icon. Sonic the Hedgehog. Well done, 106th Precinct on the collar. The tweeting, you know, good work. Now Vision Zero... Mayor de Blasio's set of initiatives designed to bring traffic deaths down to zero. Well, it just had its one-year anniversary, so how's it going? That's the question. Uh, Well, I drove here today. How
1: was it? Didn't kill anyone. And uh, was it nice and slow and easy? Um, No, it's just the same as it's always been. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody is paying attention to this new law.
0: I feel as if uh, the cabs that I get into are going slower. Slower. I, th- I think they like it But that's, uh, that's me being paranoid it, 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 Here's some numbers In 2013, 180 pedestrian deaths Last year, pedestrian deaths Down to 132 So that's good In 2013, 12 bicyclist fatalities Last year, 20 Also good Uh, Transportation Commissioner Polly Trottenberg said in the Times, In 2015, we will continue to work with our Vision Zero partners and local communities to make their neighborhoods safer and save more lives, because our work is far from complete. That's Polly Trottenberg. I only quote her so I can say Polly Trottenberg. I don't blame you. It would appear it's working well enough big picture, but not in every neighborhood. In fact, some neighborhoods, a big jump in traffic deaths pedestrian and cyclist deaths for instance on the upper west side they're up 600%. <laughs> really? Yes, six deaths as opposed to one. That's 600%, right? Yes. Well, I mean I don't you know 600% sounds worse I guess than it actually is it's like six more people. I guess in a city of uh 8.4 million statistically insignificant as uh well, Jordan would say. But you know, I mean, it's it, they said is you know they're back. It's because of the initiatives, the the things that they've set up are backing traffic up more. The slower speed limits. It's actually a big problem. Also, here's something that's up: dead snakes in the street. <laughs> a large dead snake was found frozen in the street on the Upper West Side. A snake was discovered in a snowbank on West Seventy Fifth Street between Columbus and Amsterdam Avenues. It's a problem area, dangerous area for snakes. Uh, This is reported by DNAinfo.com. Story submitted by Margot Meyerhoff. I want you to observe this woman's uh, agenda as I read her statement. She says she was on her way to the gym to work out around 8.30 uh, p.m. Saturday, or a.m. Saturday, when she spotted the frozen reptile. Uh, Yeah, 8.30 a.m. Saturday. She was on her way to the gym to work out. I would imagine it was someone's pet, a careless owner, and the snake just escaped. She said, got run over by a car and froze in the cold. Adding uh, that the constrictor was still there three hours later when she walked back from the gym. She's mentioned Who the, would move it? Yeah. <laughs> That's you pigeons, you know, someone eat it, huh. rats. Uh yes, we got it. You went to the gym eight thirty in the morning on a Saturday. That's basically what she's trying to get across. Worked out three whole hours. Wow. The perfect Upper West Sider too. A uh, judgmental, a careless pet owner. Police have apprehended the gumball bandit. The NYPD has captured the man that they believe masterminded the theft of as many as 100 gumball machines. His name is Jason
1: Biatch. and he's a dentist. <laughs> what is is he? Gumballs, come on! All right. <laughs> wow,
0: that was a good connection. Sometimes uh, he would pose as a. Uh, Gumball machine repairman. That's how he would sometimes do it. Uh, and uh, he, he, they knew that he wasn't, uh, you know, the gumball repairman because that's a different junkie. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a junkie, and he would sometimes just take, just pick him up and walk out with these machines. Eventually, caught by detectives. Now, the one one you know they can't catch is all these these guys stealing the ATMs. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a, there's all these ATMs are missing. They just pry those off and walk. You catch the gumball guy. Maybe you should uh, catch the catch the ATM guy, stealing some money, in vilest Brooklyn. Do we know why he was stealing the gumball
1: machines? Yeah, he
0: was uh, because he's a junkie and he needed the money, and so he was selling them. And uh, there's like maybe you know a few bucks in the machine, like change wise, and
1: he thought it was an easy score. Wow! So he would take it, maybe maybe sell the gumballs. I don't know. I wonder what the gumball machine goes for in today's what the street value is you know i had
0: to, probably 25 bucks i'd say is it from a junkie wow i'd say you could probably get one for around 25 bucks
1: you've really got your finger on the pulse of this city
0: i'm <laughs> taking a guess that's what i'd pay <laughs> uh if anybody has one for sale you know i uh, need to fence a, a a nice gumball machine i could use one in my room i like gumballs okay you know uh jason biatch uh is a is the thief uh, yeah, I mean, he's uh, it's a sad story, I guess. Uh, you know, a guy, but you know what? You know what he's not doing? He's not coming on the train and just going like, "Ah, excuse me, I don't mean to bother you, people, but he uh, wants some money. Can you give it to me?" Guys like out working. Yeah, he, he is a self starter. And he might not be working for that uh, amusement company or whatever that gumball company, but he should be. Get the man a job. He could service machines. He'll show up. Believe me, he's got a habit to feed. In vilest Brooklyn. A Polak walks into a yeshiva in Midwood. The Polak says, I'm a Nazi bastard, you dirty kikes. I'll kill you. And he punches a 17-year-old. The Polak faces hate crime charges. Stop me if you've heard this one before. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to read the definition of a uh, a, a Polish joke. If you look up a Polish joke, it says a Polish joke is a conditional joke intended to mock the Polish people in the English language based on the hostile stereotypes about them. A Polish joke belongs to the category of jokes whose understanding requires prior knowledge of what a Polish joke is. Because similar to all conditional jokes, they depend on the audience, the audience's preconceived notions and effective dislikes in order to be entertaining. Now, the relationship between these, uh, blah, 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 uh, you get it. Very uh, persistent uh, ethnic uh, characterization of the Polish uh, Polish people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it didn't it used to be such a bad thing, you know. But uh, I figure if this guy's going to call himself a Nazi bastard right here in the middle of Black Hitler Month, then uh, you know, calling these people Kikes, he uh, then I'll call him a Polak. No offense to anybody Polish out there. This is the story. Or to
1: anybody named Hitler.
0: <laughs> yeah. Of course, if you're out there, name and your name's you know what, call in uh, and we'll we'll take your call. Thirty year old Paul uh, Powell, uh, Krizy, uh, you know, Krizyanya. He looks like a young John Belushi, but he talks like an old Mel Gibson. Freaky. Outside, <laughs> Outside his home, did you think? He, did you see the photo of the guy?
1: I saw the photo. of the did you guy. think he lo- he,
0: he, There's a Belushi quality to him.
1: Yes, yes, there is.
0: And I mean, of course, there's the only the. There only as young John Belushi. There was never an old John Belushi. He died when he was 33. Outside his home earlier, uh, and this is uh, Powell, the Pole. He had been smoking and drinking coffee. Polak Hitler wrong on tobacco. Although other
1: prominent Nazis like uh,
0: Martin Bormann and uh, and Hermann Goering, they smoked. Hitler was against it. Were you aware?
1: No, I was not. Uh,
0: Hitler was actually the first national leader in modern times to advocate non-smoking. In fact, the Nazis ran by far the most effective stop-smoking campaign of the day. Uh, And you know what they did? They they banned smoking on trams and trains and buses and promoted health education, and they raised the tobacco tax. Just like us! (laughs) So I guess that's where we got the idea, the Nazis... Yeah, well,
1: that makes sense now.
0: Hitler was also a vegetarian. I didn't know that. He was also, uh, he hated to see animals get tortured. He, he couldn't stand, he, he, he really liked animals. People not so people. much. Yeah, yeah, it didn't bother him at all. Yeah. He could handle dogs and torturing people. Well, back to the yeshiva and Polack, Hitler. Now, some students were leaning out of the second, second floor window of the yeshiva, and they told him to move on. And uh, this fella became enraged, angry as a Nazi. He threw his coffee mug through the first floor window.
1: Well, he was outside of his own home. Yeah, he was. So why should he be told to move on? That's a good question.
0: But why should he throw his coffee through a window?
1: That's Not a, a good move. That was
0: probably where there was a break with, uh, with reality in terms of like you know, what, what his expectations could be he uh but he but cuz when he yelled cuz when he threw the mug he also yelled fuck all you jews you fucking kikes and then uh went inside his home i guess he's uh, not a fan of jews no midwood's not a good neighborhood for this guy he went inside his home where is a uh, where he belongs minding his own national socialist democratic workers business uh and this is uh, according to the ada here in brooklyn criminal court later the teens left the yeshiva Polak Hitler allegedly chased one of the teens back into the Jewish religious school and that's when he punched a 17 year old and told him he said I'm a Nazi bastard Well, at his arraignment his defense attorney said his client is mentally ill and he's been bullied by the, t- by the teenagers he also claimed uh, during the arraignment I am Jewish wow I mean that would excuse it right No. (laughs) Judge Curtis Farber ordered him to relocate for now to a family
1: member's home in Queens. You have to move. You know, that seems unfair to me. Uh, That seems unfair to me. Slightly. The man was sitting on, let's say, his stoop. Yeah. Having a cup of coffee and enjoying a smoke. Yes. And perhaps the students took offense to his smoking. Perhaps. But if that's the case, shut your window. It seems like a violation of
0: his rights to just make him move. Then again, you know, maybe they know some shit we don't know. He, uh, according to the criminal complaint after he was arrested, he said he hit the wrong boy, but the kids got the message. And he said that he laid down one of those kikes. Well, oh, if wow. can, just keep saying kike. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it gets harder to argue for you. Coney Island bank heist... Brighton Beach Avenue, the robber from the Boogie D, a man named Tiffany, 45-year-old Tiffany Felder
1: on a spree. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. No, it doesn't. But then again, John Wayne was named Marion. Oh, yeah. Well, Marion, there's other...
0: I've heard of other men named Marion.
1: I have never heard of anyone else named Marion.
0: What about Marion Barry? All
1: right, well, that one. And he so was a crackhead, two. so... Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: A robbery and two failed attempts that day. That is a real spree. That's right. It's a man named Tiffany. (laughs) The cops caught him after the third attempt, and he told him that he, quote, wanted to be like Jesse James and John Dillinger.
1: Hey, at least he has role models.
0: (laughs) He doesn't really live up to them very well. He was arrested with only $37 in his pocket. And his name's Tiffany. And his name is Tiffany, for the love of God. And he handed out most of the money to people on the street like an asshole. Robin Hood. more like He said he got the idea to rob banks from TV shows. Well, it looks like Tiffany will be having breakfast in jail. Uh. Well, that's probably the best joke of the episode. You can shut it off now. With a name like <laughs> Tiffany, instead of Banks, you'd expect him to like, uh, you know, in- instead of robbing banks... You they- would think jewelry stores. Or, yeah, maybe singing in a mall. <laughs> <laughs> He thinks we're alone now.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I get that joke. <laughs> it goes back a little ways. Yes, and so do I. Hank, you, how far back do you go?
0: A ways, right? Oh, 59 years. 59 years. And uh, here in the studio, you know, you've been, you were uh, It only feels like 59 nearby, years. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, you worked for the New York Daily News. Yes, I did. Back in the 70s. Yes. That was and eighties. And eighties. And you were I work- left
1: in ninety two, perhaps.
0: And you also worked at the Post, right? No. No, no, never. no, no. Now when you worked at the Daily News, that was when Jimmy Breslin was there. Yes. And and you were actually in the room when the son of Sam sent his first letter to Breslin. Yes, I was. That must have been an incredible experience. That was
1: amazing. And you've brought the note
0: with you today.
1: I I it- <laughs> you know I it's on my dining room table. Damn it! Well, we we'll
0: get it next time. Uh, it's uh, it's it's fascinating to talk to you, Hank, uh, as a a, you know, a a New York City a, a true a true journalist of note. Your uncle uh, Frank Gallo, Bill Bill Gallo. My, yes. my apologies. Uh, legendary though, from
1: you know, mm, yes, for many years. New York Daily News sports cartoonist for uh, probably sixty years. Thank
0: God, sixty years of drawing sports cartoons. Yes, that's amazing. What a career. That's great. I bet that's exactly what he wanted to do.
1: Oh, it was absolutely what he wanted to do. What
0: kind of guy was he, anyway?
1: Oh, terrific guy. Mm-hmm. Terrific guy. Funny.
0: Mm-hmm. Did he encourage you in your... Uh, yes. ...journalism endeavors?
1: Yes, he did. He was... Yeah, uh, I... He was a, a great fan of mine. And it was... Uh, and he didn't believe in uh, lying to you. Nice. He would give you... Uh, Straight criticism. Wow. Oh, that's... So when he would compliment me, it was a big deal. Right. For me.
0: You uh, then went on to be a comedy writer for many years, continuing to this day, I guess?
1: Yeah. Well, a writer, producer, yeah. Yeah. In television,
0: it worked with the. Uh, it, you worked on the Daily Show, right?
1: I worked on the Daily Show with both Craig Kilborn and John Stewart. Yeah. I worked on Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher. Mm-hmm. I worked on uh, Later with Bob Costas.
0: Yeah, I remember you also worked on. Uh, um, gosh, I can't remember the woman's name. She's a New York City uh, favorite comedian, Joy Behar.
1: Oh, the Joy Behar show. Yeah, yes.
0: I remember actually hearing you uh, in the background. Something funny happened. <laughs> <laughs> The famous Hank Gallo laugh. Uh, well, thanks for joining me again. Hank is always a pleasure to have. Always you here. a pleasure to be here, Pat. And we'll try to. Uh, we'll, 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 maybe we'll make we won't make it so long, uh, you know. Next time, hey, uh, I hope that you are enjoying New York City Crime Report. I hope that you are um, on the Facebook page. That you're on Twitter with me, Pat Dixon. I have a check mark. It's a big deal, and you can also uh, follow NYC Crime Report. That's uh, the other Twitter. And really, all this stuff just go to paddixonnyc.com it's all there you can see dates where you can see me now when you come to new york you have to see desperation tonight that's at caroline's
1: which you also used to be at caroline's right i think that you used oh to... i never worked there oh okay i thought you did never worked there but i used to hang out at all the comedy clubs in new york yeah uh me too <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's uh every monday at 7 30. now we're missing a couple of shows in there uh April 20th and 420 it's rented out for a private party wonder what that's about Mm. and uh, something uh, the the following week but every other Monday between now and forever we hope uh, right now we're scheduled through you know April desperation tonight me uh, hosting there's a band which is nice and uh, you know a lot of new talent it's where basically what it is it's where new talent shares the stage with tired old dreams Yes. Uh, tonight, uh, uh, well, and, and, and the last Tuesday of the month, you can always see uh, Last Tuesday. It's the name of the show. We decided to call it Last Tuesday because it's the last Tuesday of the month. All this, again, nyc.com. Just go there. Just nobody, see Everybody's stopped listening now. But it, it's a 10 o'clock show. No, no, show. I'm all ears. <laughs> <yours.
1: laughs>
0: I had to snap my fingers just now. <laughs> uh, it's um, a great show and tonight, and we got a great lineup. Mark Norman's coming by. Looking forward to that. And um, we got, uh, I think, Tony Tudor might come by. A lot of funny guys. Uh, Bonnie Bonnie McFarland is on tonight.
1: Oh, she's a funny lady.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's really great. She amuses
1: me quite a bit.
0: Well, it's called Last Tuesday. It's every last Tuesday at the Stand Comedy Club. Now, the other one, that was at, at Caroline's. This one's at the Stand, and you can see that. One more story. A Bronx man fatally stabbed his girlfriend with an ice pick. 42-year-old Brandy Simmons stuck Dolores Scott in the chest and back in the stairwell of their building on West 190th Street. Police said Scott had an active order of protection against her killer, who attacked her with an ice pick June 5th. Wow.
1: (laughs) They should go ahead and and just call them murder picks. Yes. I, I mean, you know what I find interesting? Earlier, we had the man named Tiffany, Mm-hmm. and now we have a man named Brandy. I don't understand Brandy as a name either. No.
0: I uh, l- I tried to find anybody else named Brandy who has a penis, and I couldn't. But, I mean, I don't even know what that's short for. Brandy Simmons. Well, uh... Brandeis. I thought maybe it was like a transgender type person and they want to identify the transgender person as he, as he wishes.
1: So he's transitioning from the free world to prison. Yes.
0: (laughs) Uh, One would hope. He's only accused at this point. Innocent until proven guilty. Oh, yes. I think that more ice picks now are probably used to murder people than to pick ice. Where's all this ice that needs to be picked? It's 120 years ago. That's where it is. Hudson River ice harvesting was a booming business. Did you know that? Oh, my God. It was huge. Yeah. They sold big blocks of ice, packed in sawdust and hay from horse-drawn wagons. Tell me you you don't remember that. No. Okay. Well, back then, every home had an ice pick. But now, it's just if you're in a gang or Amish. It's the the murder weapon of choice for those two groups. Uh, We'll have more New York City Crime Report shows every single week. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Be nice. If somebody gets in your face and calls you a cocksucker, I want you to be nice.